0: Praise God. Bless his wonderful name. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 12. and We begin reading at verse one again. That's Hebrews chapter 12 and one. It says, therefore, since we are encompassed with such a great cloud of witness, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I'm going to read that same passage in the contemporary English version. It says such a large crowd of witnesses is all about us. So we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially the sin that just won't let go. And we must be determined to run the race that is ahead of us. We must keep our eyes on Jesus who leads us and makes our faith complete. In Greek mythology, there was a group of sailors on a voyage and the winds blew them off course. They ended up on this strange island. Well, the captain of the ship sent some delegates out. And when the delegates, that party arrived, the the inhabitants of that island went out to meet them. And they gave them a fruit. This fruit was called lotus. It was from the lotus plant, lotus flowers. And when this party, when they partook of the, of the fruit, they enjoyed it. It tasted good. But when they ate of the fruit, they got sleepy. They went to sleep, but when they uh, when they woke up, they had this insatiable desire for more of the fruit. See, once again, it tastes good to them, but along with the desire to eat the fruit, they lost their desire to go home. They lost their desire to see their loved ones. In fact, they lost all desire to go back and report what they've learned to the captain of the ship. They lost their purpose. They just wanted more of the fruit. And this fruit was a type of narcotic, if you will. It, it, it made them, uh, put them in this, uh, lethargic, this, this, uh, this state of mind where they really didn't care about anything but receiving more fruit and, being amongst their fellow Lotus eaters in today's time. This, this, uh, story is portrayed, was portrayed in a movie called Percy Jackson and the lightning thief in the story. There was three young people. They set out on a quest to find these three magical pearls. The last stop, the pearl was in the Lotus hotel and casino. Now, when they arrived there, they were on their. They were focused. Uh, they wanted to make sure they they uh, they reached their destiny. They had a time sensitive mission. But once again, when they arrived at the Lotus Hotel and Casino. They were offered by the attendants this uh, pastry uh, that was called the Lotus flower, which was actually some type of cookie and when they ate of it. They all of a sudden they saw all of the entertainment, all of the distractions that the hotel had to offer, and they lost their they fought, forgot about their purpose, what they were in there to do. And so I think it was quite interesting in one scene they showed uh, this young man. He thought it was in 1970. He still had his 1970s gear on. See, time had passed. They were enjoying themselves. And when they would get to a point where they would kind of awaken, someone would offer them another lotus flower. It kept them in bondage. And finally, they were able to escape. But once again, this was a time sensitive mission. And when they uh, escaped from this this place, they found out that they were in there for three days, although they thought that they had just been there just a few hours. You all, this is exactly what sin does to us. That's exactly what. What sin does. The word of God says, lay aside every weight. There's distractions. Weights will slow you down and sin that will easily beset you or will stop you from moving forward. Let us run this race. Run the race that is set before you looking unto Jesus, who's the author and finisher of your faith. Sin is a type of lotus flower, but Now, the enemy is very crafty. What the enemy will do, he'll take this thing up a notch. He will convince you. He'll try to sell you the idea that you continue doing those things that you enjoy doing. You can continue in sin at the same time have everything that you currently have. In other words, you can continue in sin and still have keep your family. No one has to know anything. You continue in sin and still preach in the pulpit. No one has to know anything. The enemy is a master of trying to sell us those lies. In other words, nothing will ever happen. You see, this is a different state. As long as you are participating in sin, sin blinds you. What do you mean, brother pastor? The word of God says looking unto Jesus. When you begin to participate in sin, you can't see Jesus. The word, before that, the word of God says, run the race that's set before you. You see, this race is a race of faith. So you have no idea when to turn. You, you know, the Lord can be telling you, make a right. But when you're in sin, you can hear him say, take a right. But you can't see him because sin blinds. You see, when you partake of sin, that sin has a voice. Whatever the thing that you're doing, it has a voice. And, you know, you may say, oh, brother, pastor, I won't listen to it. Well, if you partake in sin, you're listening to that voice through the sin. The enemy has access to speak to your mind. And so what happens over time, you begin to hear uh, you get comfortable with the enemy's voice. But you also hear the Lord Jesus Christ, his voice. And there'll come a time where you don't you can't distinguish one from another. You, you you can't tell what to go. So when you're on the journey, you don't know if the, if you should keep straight or making or, or should make that right turn. You can't see Jesus. That voice is just as strong as when the Lord talks to you. So you're in a state of ambiguity. You don't know what to do. You're uncertain what decisions to make. Let's dig a little deeper. When you partake of sin, once again, sin is blinding. You can't see Jesus. You may be able to hear him, but you can't see him. During that time. You are more likely to follow. The voice of the enemy. Now, why do you say that? Because remember, you're running a race. So you already have a momentum going. To turn right means you have to do something else. Remember, this is a race of faith. Anytime the Lord Jesus Christ tell you for this example to make a right, that takes a level of faith. You have to leap. There's a leap of faith. You have to do something by faith to be able to turn, make that right turn. When you're running this race, when you're no longer listening to the voice of Jesus or when you can no longer see him. Only thing you do only thing you know, to do is continue doing what you've already been doing. The problem is this. You're going to run into a brick wall. You can't only go. You can only go so far. The problem is you were supposed to make a right a long time ago. Run the race that's set before you. The only way you can run this race is by looking to Jesus. This race is run by faith, not by sight. In fact, the word of God says the kingdom does not come with observation. You can't say here it is. There it is. Let me say it this way. You can't say, I think we're supposed to make a right here. No, you can't say that because the kingdom of God is within you. Jesus is going to speak to your heart. That's how you know when to turn. This is a race of faith. And without seeing Jesus, you won't know when to turn. You may hear his voice, but you'll be unsure what to do because you cannot tell the difference. Now, if you notice when you're not dibbling and dabbling and seeing how it's easy, you can recognize Jesus. You see Jesus. You know exactly what to do, although it may take some faith. But you can comfortably do what God tell you to do, do what the Lord Jesus Christ is instructing you to do without any fear. Why? Because, you know, you can see him. You you sense him. You know what to do. You have no other distractions. Looking unto Jesus now. This is not just limited to sin that's entangling you. It could be. Condemnation. It could be. Offense. Let's look at condemnation for a moment. Condemnation. The enemy has you condemned by something you he's accused you of. You may have done it or maybe just uh, uh, just an accusation that you didn't really do it. No, one that comes to mind is this, the unpardonable sin. Many people get tripped up by this lie from the enemy. Yes, there is an unpardonable sin, but most people do not qualify. If you read Hebrews chapter six, beginning with verse four and six, most people, most Christians will not, will never qualify for that now because they're not spiritually mature. According to the scriptures, you're one who have to uh, who have to uh, have partake of miraculous powers. In other words, God has done you, to do, has used you to do supernatural, miraculous things. Then the word of God talks about you have tasted of the powers of the world to come. Most people have not done that. Most Christians have not done that. Let me say it this way. If you are struggling, if you think that you committed the unpardonable sin, I can tell you now you haven't. Well, how can you say that, brother pastor? You don't know what I've done because you have a heart. You're sorrowful. You want to get back in God's graces in your mind. Well, you don't fail to realize you're already there. You see, for those who truly committed the unpardonable sin, have no desire for God whatsoever. They are a type of antichrist. They hate the Lord Jesus Christ. They know they want nothing to do with them. The simple fact that you have a heart to be with the Lord lets you know that you have not committed that sin. And only the Holy Spirit can give you that heart. Now, the enemy has deceived you in your thinking, but you still have a heart for God, meaning that even if you said something crazy, the Lord wasn't listening to you. Let me say it this way. Every now and again, you may see a child that's four or five, and they may say, "I hate you, mom." Do you think that mother really paying much attention to them? No. You are still spiritual, a spiritual baby. One, you're struggling with this, and I'm not trying to be offensive by this by telling you this, but you have not grown yet. The point is this: the Lord is not looking at that. You're okay. He, you're okay. The simple fact that you have a learn a yearning desire. To be with the Lord, lest you know you have not committed the unpardonable sin. And if you did say something crazy, the Lord wasn't looking at you. Because once again, if you had, you would have no desire for the Lord Jesus Christ. So you have to be careful. Do not allow the enemy to put you in condemnation. Run the race that is set before you. Leave that lotus flower Or that sin of condemnation alone. I mentioned offense. Offense is tricky. You know, it's interesting in these examples given for you to partake of sin because sin is a fruit for you to bite of it. Let's look at it. How do you bite sin? How does the enemy get you entangled in sin and keep you there? This happens when the enemy reminds you of what you've done. No, you're about to come out of the situation and, and you begin to get some light about the offense. Then all of a sudden the enemy reminds you what that person did to you. You begin to think on how that person treated you, how they made you feel, how they embarrassed you. What you what you fail to realize is this. When you remember those things, you ponder those things. You are eating of the fruit of sin. You're eating of that lotus flower and it will keep you in bondage. Now, listen, I need to say this. There is a great misunderstanding in the body of Christ. What do you mean, brother pastor? See, a lot of people think that if they are saved and on their way to heaven, which in all three examples you may be, but that's that 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 is the same as being on your God given assignment. That is simply not true. You see. You can be a son by birth. In this case, you could be. Born of the spirit, washed in his blood. A child of God, authentic child of God. When you die, you will see Jesus, but yet not fulfill your purpose. Let me say a a different way, yet not run the race that is set before you. There's a difference between a son by birth, by spiritual birth versus the son by faith who by faith runs the race that is set before them to run the race that's set before you you have to look at Jesus and be led by the spirit of God remember this race is a race of faith so once again this this when you t- partake of the fruit of sin example give me this lotus flower this lotus plant that tastes so good you you'll, you will not be able to run the race that's set before you you know, you may start off running the race, but you won't know when to turn. Think about it. Any long distance race. They're going to have hills, valleys, they'll have turns. Remember, this is a faith. There's no such thing as a, a long distance race. That's a, just one straight shot. No, you have to know when to turn. Only Jesus can tell you when to turn. So if you start out running the race, you will all start out, but. You determine if you can continue the race that's set before you or will you be entangled with something? Will you allow something to distract you. Will you allow sin, condemnation or offense to stop you? It is the enemy's goal. Remember the example of the lotus flower. It is his goal to keep you in a slumber where, yes, you're saved on your way to heaven, but you're not doing anything. That's all. You're just saved. Do not allow the enemy to keep you under that hypnosis, if you will, that state of mind. Run the race that is set before you. The only way you can run that race that is set before you is by looking at Jesus, which brings me to my last last point. How do we get delivered? Brother Pastor, I see everything what you're saying, but but how do I do? How do I get? How do I break free? Well, the word of God says for us tells us to lay aside every weight and sin that should entangle us. We escape by looking to Jesus. Let's go back. How do we lay aside the weight? Stop eating the fruit. Whether any reminds you, which I tell you. You committed the unpardonable sin. You tell the enemy, you're a liar. I'm the righteousness of God. This has nothing to do with your feelings. It, it don't matter how you feel. Stop thinking about what, what, what you did. Th- that's irrelevant. No, you are the righteousness of God. This is received by faith, not by feelings. So when the enemy tried to plague your mind, try to remind you what you've done, you, you shut it up. You stop the thinking. You say out of your mouth, I am the righteousness of God. I'm not moved by how I feel. I'm righteous because Jesus made me righteous. The same thing as it relates to offense. When the enemy try to remind you of how that person offend you? No, 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 no. I, no, I refuse to be offended. I love that person that I, I am a child of God. I am a child of love. So therefore, I am going to demonstrate love as it relates to that individual. Lord, I love them in my heart. It doesn't matter. I, I refuse to be offended. I love them. Because, Jesus, you have loved me and I uh, I could have offended you many times, but, you know, you didn't look at my offense. You love me. In fact, the scripture says, listen, while we were yet in our sins, Christ, he died for us. So you're going to say, Lord, listen, no, I love them. I refuse to be offended by them. No, I will no longer be entangled with that sin of offense. It may be some things you may be doing that's not pleasing to God. You ask the Lord, you know what, Lord, you know what? I'm going to stop doing that. How do you stop doing that? When the enemy brings that thought to your mind, oh, that fine sister is calling me. Don't answer the call. In fact, when the enemy try to plague your mind with thoughts of past pleasures, you shut the thought down. You cast those thoughts down and say, I am once again, the righteousness of God. I'm I, I know who I am in Christ and you have brought me with the price. I am not my own. Lord, I want to do what's pleasing in your sight. So that's the first step. Do not eat of the fruit. Remember, the fruit will keep you in a state of slumber. This fruit will keep you on that island. The fruit will keep you in that hotel casino of entertainment, luxury and pleasure. So once again, number one, do not eat of the fruit. Number two, the word of God says looking unto Jesus. Now, this is the part that only the Holy Spirit can tell you. So all of you all, all of us were different. But look to Jesus now. How does a child learn how to crawl? How does a child know how learn how to walk? By looking at something and by them gazing, looking at something. And they have a will to go towards it. They be, their body begins to follow the will of their mind. It begins to follow their eyes. They want something. And all of a sudden, you don't, remember, you can't teach them how to crawl. That's something that's internal. So through looking at something, that thing draws them and they begin to crawl. The same process happens when they learn how to walk. They're looking at something. Many times parents say, come here, come here, come here, child, come here, come here. You'll see that child, they'll take one step. They have both hands in the air, take one step at a time. Walking toward that parent, that's encouraging them. That's encouraging them. Yeah, they may fall a few times, but they'll get back up on their feet. And, and as long as that, that parent is encouraging, encouraging them, they will walk towards them. Eventually, they will learn how to walk. But if you notice, they're going towards something. So what am I telling you? To look unto Jesus, the CV says we must keep our eyes on Jesus who leads us and makes our faith complete. Jesus is standing there. Come on. He's leading you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. By looking at Jesus, if you keep your eyes on Jesus, he'll walk you right out of that stuff. Whatever the mess that you're in, he can walk you. You'll walk toward him. He'll lead you right out of it. He's the author and finisher of your faith. He's the author, finisher and developer of your faith. Remember, this race is not run by sight. You don't know when to turn. Only the Lord Jesus Christ can tell you. So once again, looking unto Jesus. So once again, I can't tell you exactly what that looks like for you. It may be the Lord may have you listen to some words. It may tell you, listen, it's, it's time for you to get out of this pandemic slumber. It's time for you to go back to church. It may mean that you need to do this, that the Holy Spirit has a specific design. The Lord Jesus Christ has a specific design for you. And as you fix your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll tell you what to do. You'll you know what to do if you just stop eating the fruit. The Lord even helped you with that. Keep your eyes on the Lord. He's the author and finisher of your faith. That's how you run your race. And when you run the race. Now, listen, I need to tell you this. When the Lord says, turn here, go straight, make a right here. You will intersect some of those blessings, those things that God has in store for you. You're running to. That spouse, you're running to your wealthy place. You're running into this, you're run to that. That's on the journey. You'll intercept those places while your eyes are fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, Run His race that's set before you and live the abundant life. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise.